Thanks for checking out this podcast. Remember, it's presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. If you're looking for tickets for an upcoming game or event at TCF Bank Stadium, Target Center, or XL Center, visit TicketKingOnline.com or the link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. Ticket King has all your tickets for Minnesota baseball, plus all the concerts, all the theaters, and at all venues. And Ticket King can take care of you for out-of-town concerts, sporting events, and more. Call 612-341-4141 or visit TicketKingOnline.com. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone! Touch them all, Joe Maurer! And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. It's a beautiful game, Now our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. I didn't know they still had a team. That's baseball. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Yeah, we're hanging out at Target Field here. Actually, I'm just scrolling through my my Twitter mentions. On the first column I've posted on 1500ESPN.com in months, and so focused on podcasting. I know a big day, a big day for you. Phil. Uh, a big day for the Twins. Yeah, we're just so we we're just going to turn this thing on. And uh, normally we record our our Touch 'Em All podcast on Tuesdays, but we're here at Target Field because Terry Ryan just got fired today, and it's it's simultaneously. The most shocking and least shocking news I've seen in this market for a long time. I mean, it's it's not shocking in that this team has been underperforming for about six years. They popped up above 500 once, uh, barely last year, mm-hmm. and almost any other team. If you just took random team that's been struggling for six years with a semblance of a payroll and with the same guy in charge, you'd say, "Yeah, hey, you're on pace for another 95 or 100 plus losses." Is that guy's job in jeopardy? And you'd say, oh, a- absolutely. Right. But it's the twins. And so I think the timing of it's interesting. You and I both have full notebooks here because we sat yeah. in on this this um, sort of, usually there'd be, if, if you fire a longtime GM, there'd be a press conference with cameras and recorders and all these things. And the twins decided to just have writers and notepads only. And so, I don't know, the, the court is yours, man. You've, you've been on the beat here the last few seasons and... Um, just what are your what are your main takeaways for yeah. the last twenty four hours or so? I really liked the way you. It kind of struck a chord the way you said that it's simultaneously the least shocking and most shocking thing. And be, because for all the reasons you mentioned, the twins and for anyone listening to this podcast, I mean, it, it almost doesn't need to be enunciated. But if there are new uh, followers or listeners out there who know nothing about the Twins other than that they just fired Terry Ryan, know that most people that follow this team are surprised by the timing of the move. They're surprised by the fact that the Polad family that owns this baseball team had this sort of sudden, I shouldn't call it sudden, it took you know five more years to figure out if he was the guy, but sudden in terms of the course of the season, uh, change of heart to from throwing Terry Ryan the keys, basically, when he took back over and said, hey, Look, we're only going to do one-year deals, but that's a formality. We'll sign yeah. annual one-year contracts, and if we both think, if you think it's right to come back and we think you're still the right guy, don't worry about it's, the contract. You know what? I'll even hone it in more than that. It's never been, up until this point, a mutual decision. It's been Terry's decision. Jim Polad brought him back five years ago, or six, five years ago. Let me count here. 2011. 2011. 
And every year since, even up until a month or two ago when he talked to the Star Tribune and gave the total system failure quote, even up until that point, every step of the way, his message as the owner has been, whenever Terry wants to give it up, he can give it up. But mm-hmm. until that point, he is the general manager. Yeah. He runs the baseball team. They gave team. him the keys yeah. and let him drive. And so somewhere in the last month, Jim Polet had a change of heart. Um, I could tell based on that media session today, Dave St. Peter is very much involved in the decision-making right now and going forward. Yeah. We may never know exactly how the sausage was made with this move, but I'll say, I mean, I, it's the right move. I think you can simultaneously right. give Terry credit for the 10-year run they had between 2001 and 2010. I think you can give him credit for having an incredible scouting acumen going back to the 1970s, and you can give him credit for everything he's done for this organization while also saying it's not working the last few yeah. years, and this was probably a more painful decision than most organizations would, would have to go through just because yeah. of how close-knit and uh, and loyal this organization is. But it's going to be pretty tough to find anyone around baseball and anyone around this team who thinks vehemently that this was a terrible decision. It's not. It's a good decision. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree that you wouldn't find anybody, but I agree with you that it was the necessary decision. That's That's why the other side of that coin is it's also not shocking. Because I don't think you'd assess this thing rationally and say, like, oh, yeah, seems like seems like we're right around the corner kind of thing. If you're the twins, you're not looking at it and saying, yeah, we're really close and we just need to stay the course. The team owner and CEO just admitted as much that a month ago he decided they needed to reassess, and they're still in the process, by the way, of reassessing what they do. That This is just the first move. Now, does it mean they're going to clean house? No, not necessarily. But they are going to do sort of, from from my understanding, a sort of top-to-bottom survey of their processes, their protocols, how they operate a baseball organization, not only on the field, but I'm, I'm assuming off as well. Now, that's, that's the part that this is kind of still awkward, right? It's not a clean break. Terry Ryan is gone. He is not the general manager. They left open the door that he will work in the organization again someday, which, by the way, would be the most twins thing ever. That's their thing, man. Actually, the really only is. the only that's the most twins thing ever. Actually, it's the second most twins thing ever. What's the first? The most twins thing ever would be if Terry Ryan had been at that press conference today. Sure. Okay. Like Ron Gardenhire okay. was. Okay. Sure. That's the most twins thing ever. Not only do we feel terrible for letting you go, you can craft your exit any way you want to, mm-hmm. and you can show up to the press conference and then pick your job other right. than the previous job you had. Well, before we fired you. Where this is awkward, then, is that Terry Ryan is gone and all of his former underlings remain in place. Rob Antony's the interim GM. He'll be a candidate when the Twins look to find a new GM, which, by the way, they want to have in place by the end of the season. Yeah. That's kind of an aggressive timeline, but I think it's reasonable. I think you still get good candidates that way. It is, but he, but Jim did, he either misspoke or he's incorrect with something he said. And actually, Dave St. Peter echoed this today. They both said... Having a timeline between now and the end of the season still offers us all of the best candidates. And not I dis- true. I disagree. Yeah, not true. And it depends on what you think about, for instance, Jed Hoyer's availability. He's the GM right now and the executive vice president of the Cubs baseball operations. But if you wanted somebody from the Cubs that was pretty high up, like Randy Bush works in the Cubs front office. Mm. Everything I've heard is, barring something drastic or some you know crazy amount of money, um, or maybe like if you're a Randy Bush and you've always aspired to be a GM and 
and and you're the team you used to play for in the 80s and the 90s offers you a job, but those guys have signed on with the Cubs because they want to win a World Series. Right. And let's say they do win a World Series, whatever percent chance that is for, for October. Are you going to wait until November to interview a Jed Hoyer? That's a pipe dream to just on, mm-hmm. on the surface anyways. Um, so to say that all of the best candidates are available between now and the end of the season, I think that's incorrect. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that assertion, but I still think you could get a qualified person to sure. do it. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I'm curious to see how they structure this thing. Um, the, the final point I should mention before I get onto that thought we're kind of just going stream of consciousness here, which is fun. Yeah, I mean, it's like we're, we're digesting this like everybody right, else is right, right. Now. This just happened a few hours ago, there are and twins. we're just literally sitting at Target Field looking out at, at an empty ballpark yeah. just trying to process what the hell happened Yeah, today. there are probably <laughs> Twins fans who, who downloaded this episode who are still, they have their own thoughts about it, and they're coming to grips with some of these things, too, as their thoughts are evolving. We're in the same exact boat. <laughs> like, I know we're doing a podcast here, um, and we are ostensibly experts. I don't know who put that title on us. Probably a mistake. We just happened to start a podcast before anyone else did. Well, almost anyone else. Planted the flag. Um, here's, the, here's the one thing I want to say in, before I talk about the structure, is that Paul Molitor is guaranteed to have his job next year if he wants it. I think that's a weird thing for a team owner to say, but I don't necessarily think that's doomsday. I mean, Molitor's on a three-year contract. I happen to think he's a really smart baseball person well-equipped to be a manager of a major league team. Um, I don't know that you need to make a change just for change's sake. I I know a lot of people are going to suggest that, and I know I'll steal your thunder a little bit here. I know a lot of people are going to suggest, too, that you're going to limit the the, the candidate pool of GMs by saying, hey, you can be our GM, but we've got our manager for next year. I I don't think that's as big of a deal as, as my at replies on Twitter are suggesting. We can get into that, too, if you want to. But yeah, the, I disagree, the, like, 50% of it. Okay, okay, and we'll, so we'll talk about that. Well, one thing that's curious to note is that they're open to a restructuring of the baseball operations department. It's not a plug-and-play, right? It could be. They might just decide, oh, yeah, actually, all our systems are fine. Everything's a go. We just needed a new person running it. And then I think that would be a mistake, personally. But, but how does it make you feel as a Twins fan out there that, in his discussion about restructuring the organization's baseball ops department, when asked about whether he studied other organizations or not, if he looked at other organizations and kind of studied how they format their front offices, and Jim laughed at the notion and said, of course I've studied other organizations. I've been looking through all of the baseball media guides. He's been looking through uh, the titles of the employees. Uh. See, of other front offices. See, and you might I'll, want to dig a little deeper than that before <laughs> right, you make the hire. Yeah. Just I a little agree. deeper. Now, just to play devil's advocate, because you can't have two sides agreeing on a podcast that's not good radio, uh, <laughs> probably a miss. He, he misspoke there. No, I don't think. I mean, he's definitely going through media guides, if that's what I he believe said, that. right? I believe that, absolutely. But I also think that they might conduct a little deeper study than that, be a little bit more thorough. I, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate because he did hang himself with his own words there. Very confusing, confounding quote. I was surprised to hear it. I kind of looked around the room like, whoa, that's the studying of other art. He's flipping through the media guide. Yeah. And I will say, uh, he. That might be one of the reasons you mentioned off the jump why the twins sort of decided uh, it's a it's a writers meeting and there were you know there was TV media there too but no cameras that to me and, and by the way the audio that you take you can't you're not to reproduce yeah, very you rare if notes. ever do you see this in 2016 right even Ziggy Wolf who's a terrible public speaker 
got up in front of the media and said, we want to get this right when he talked about Adrian Peterson. And it's that a terrible situation. Ziggy accent. But I, I, feel I need to idea. practice it. No <laughs> doubt about that. But the idea that uh, he, that, that Jim, uh, you know, I respect him for getting up in front and talking, but like the fact that he's uncomfortable with cameras around, or at least that's my read on the situation. It's, it's quotes like that that, I mean, could just be widely and universally panned um, f- is probably one of the biggest reasons why there is that level of discomfort. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I should wrap up this point, and then we can argue about Molitor, if you'd like, that he's open, at least, to the idea of someone coming in and saying, yeah, I, heck, I'd love to be GM of the Twins, but I need three high-level assistants I need a baseball ops department, uh, uh, like a stats and analytics department that's three times the size of your current one. I need to have four interns running these numbers, and I need to have someone stationed at every minor league, you know, whatever. Come in with your checklist of wants and needs. And because I don't want to have to teach everyone who's currently in the organization all of these new things, I'm going to fire almost everyone and bring on people who are further ahead on the learning curve. Sure, and and that might be a mandate that a new candidate, an outside candidate, brings. Um, Anthony might pitch something very different. Maybe Anthony pitches that. Hey, we, you know, I've worked in this front office, and I know we kind of need more staffers. Are you open to adding that? Polad sounds like. By, by his own words, yes. The he, answer is yes. He just wants to be told what to do by somebody smart. Sure. And for a while, that was Terry Ryan, and now it's no longer Terry Ryan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it almost seems like when you when you listen to Jim talk about the team, he's pained to even have to think beyond the surface. Like he just wants sure. to he just wants to watch the games and kind of be a fan. Yeah, and well, put people in place. And it's it almost feels like a huge inconvenience and a huge step out of his comfort zone to have to go. Oh man, fire someone that I really like because people want us to win mm. and then have to go find somebody else and maybe even go through an interview process. It just, it almost feels like a drag for him the way he speaks about it. And some of that just might be his presence and his demeanor. Yeah. It doesn't come off as, as, uh, in, <laughs> it's very invigorating or enthusiastic. Yeah. On the Molitor front, real quick, because it blends together with, with what we're saying. Because Jim, Jim is not a hands-on baseball expert owner. Right. In fact, most owners who try to be experts in the sport in which they, they own a team... End up screwing they it They screw up. it up yeah. or they meddle too much. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm with you on the Molitor front. Like, is it the worst thing in the world that the new GM comes in and Paul Molitor is the new manager or is the, is the manager that sticks around from the old regime? Right. No, he's a, he's a super smart baseball guy. I think he's much more open to newer forms of evaluation and thinking than his predecessor, Ron Gardenhire, was. So you could do a lot worse if you're starting off as a GM than Paul Molitor as your manager. In fact, if you would have proposed that last year after the Twins stretched out to 83 wins with a team that probably wasn't worthy of finishing above 500, it would have been even more favorable. Mm -hmm. But if you're an owner and you're trying to get the best candidates and you're trying to hire somebody to be progressive and to change the culture of the organization, all things that he was talking about today... And then you're saying, oh, but by the way, I'm going to meddle here by forcing you to take a manager that you might not want. Mm-hmm. To me, it sets a bad precedent. It sets sure. a dangerous precedent that, well, wait, you're hiring me, but now you're, you're already meddling in something that's fairly sure. important to me. And, and that might mean that you're going to meddle in other things. It's mm-hmm. a turnoff to top candidates. I'm not saying that it's a make or break and top candidates would, would refuse to work under those conditions where Paul Molitor is the manager. But I think it's, it's a bad sign. If you're acknowledging that Terry Ryan is no longer fit to run this organization's baseball ops department, 
then why are you also protecting the guy that he deemed most qualified to be sure. the manager? Sure. Isn't that kind of contradictory? And I say that with having great respect for Paul Molitor. I just yeah. think it's I think it's a bad precedent. Uh, okay. I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to play devil's advocate, um, but unlike the last time I played devil's advocate, I actually believe this. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I, I think if you go to a strong, savvy candidate who's equipped to be a major league GM right now. Let's say Ben Charrington. Let's just let's okay. just throw a name out there. Just ben Charrington. As a name, there's a guy, former GM of the Red Sox, current free agent, if you want to call it that. World Series ring. If you go to a qualified candidate and say, hey, in this case, Mr. Charrington, I want you to be the GM of the Twins. We are so close, in my opinion, to getting this thing fixed and being back on the track to contention, and I think... You are the guy to get us there. You're going to be given resources. I mean, financial resources aren't infinite, but we can stretch. We also have a core that includes Miguel Sano, Byron Buxton. You could go down that whole pitch. We also play in target field. As Dave St. Peter mentioned, local revenue strong. There are attractive parts about this job. So as part of my pitch to you, Mr. Charrington, I'm going to give you five seasons to turn this back into a uh, postseason contending and, and ultimately World Series contending team with this core, uh, the the Buxtons, the Sanos, the Boreouses, the Keplers. And, by the way, in that first season, I know it's a bit small inconvenience, but Paul Molitor, smart guy, we hired him to a three-year contract. I don't want to pay him money to sit on the sidelines. He's our manager. I think you guys would work great together. After that, if you want to make a change, hey, that's your prerogative. We'll listen to you. You are in control of the ship. But for that first season, you're going to have this savvy, um, high baseball IQ manager, who, by the way, is a Hall of Fame player and well-respected by the players, on his team. What do you think about that pitch? I don't, I don't think that's such a turnoff at the but, end to say. But it is. But here's why it is. This is I'm going to keep going back to this. My my follow up. If I'm Ben Sherrington and you're the owner and you pitch that to me, yeah. So let's play that I, game. Role I, play. Okay. And I say, well. I'm going to poke holes in your argument. Okay. It's not that I'm trying to disrespect Paul Molitor. It's that I have a bunch of guys in mind who I know I work well with and I know would be great at this job. You're trusting me to turn this organization around, and you're trusting me to change the culture. Why do you want me to hang on to nothing but Paul Molitor? Sure. Yeah. So so what's what's the why? What's the core of why you want to hold on to Paul Molitor? And it, to me, it, it symbolizes an inability to let go yeah. of either the past or an inability to make good business decisions free of emotional attachment. The twins have been more loyal to the people that work for them. I'm talking about the poll ads and even even members of that front office and members of the top cabinet, if you will. Mm-hmm. More loyal to, to fellow coworkers and uh, and fellow employees than they have to the fans, who pay a lot of money to come and fill fill this ballpark mm-hmm. halfway. Right. <laughs> they used to fill it all the way, all but right. now it's halfway. So it, it's just like... You have to examine, if, if the answer is, I know he's a great manager from a baseball standpoint, and here's five reasons why, mm-hmm. and I know you guys would be a great fit together, give him a chance. Yeah. But that's not what he's saying. Right. He's, he's not saying, I'm going to hire a GM, and oh man, based on your skill sets as a GM, you're going to love Paul Molitor. I know you guys have never met before, but give him a shot before you fire him, because I think your skill sets blend well together. It's, I really like Paul Molitor and would feel terrible firing both these guys and so I'm going to make sure he has a job in 2017, sure. regardless of what the skill set or the beliefs of the GM are. And I just think that's wrong. Maybe. And I like Paul Molitor, and I don't think he's a bad manager. I'm just saying 
that precedent is wrong to set. Also consider an outside GM candidate's going to know what the um, operating procedure has been here for 20 years. They're going to know that, oh, yeah, that's weird that he's meddling in the manager decision, but I can't even imagine a scenario in which Jim Pollett actively um, meddles in something, right? I mean, he just that's not his track record. This would be a departure of his track record, meddling in the manager. Like, like what if, right? here's what I'd love to know, and we're never going to find this out. Let's say Theo Epstein got sick of Chicago and just decided, screw it. I'm going to take that Twins opening. I'm going to walk into that, into Target Field, into one Twins way, and I'm going to pitch this amazing, or maybe let's say Theo wins a World Series and he needs another pet project. Okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to bring the little engine that could Twins and fulfill their destiny from 15 years ago. And he walks into Jim Polad's office and it falls in Jim Polad's lap. And Theo says, all right, I'm in, I'll take less money even, and I've got a great managerial candidate that I want to bring along. In fact, actually, Joe Madden really wants to come with. Joe Madden's contract is miraculously up, and he wants to come join, too. So, Jim, it's a package deal. Like, at what point would Jim say, okay, I guess, yeah, I love Paul Molitor, but okay, I see where you're going with this game plan. An interesting hypothetical. <laughs> I don't have a good answer to that question. So, like, I would, I would assume that he would erase that line before you get to that do you watch, meaningless hypothetical. Do you watch um, Silicon Valley? The, uh, I have not yet, okay. no. You should, it's I on my list like for sure. I'm, yeah. I'm almost done with what is out there. Uh, very funny show, and they kind of like it's not like they actually mirror a, a real company, but um, there's this there's this company in there. So like ten percent of our audience maybe listens to this, and you guys will think it's funny. The rest, bear with me, because I, I, I'm going to try to explain it to you, Phil, too, who doesn't watch it. There's this company, and it's Hooli is the name of the company. It's just a made up name, um, and the guy that runs it, his name's Gavin Belson, and he's like this sort of like almost evil ish dictatorial leader of Hooli. And he gives unrealistic demands and tosses out these projects and uses, you know, empty quotes to, for inspiration for people like, just go develop the next great big thing. And it's not like it's Google necessarily, but it's kind of that field. It's like big company, audacious aspirations, um, ridiculous timelines that they somehow usually turn things out and, and make a wonderfully successful product. Uh... It's, it's like a company like that saying, hey, we need a new CEO, we need somebody taking over this, but, by the way, we have this project in the show, it's Nucleus, we need you to, yeah, run the show however you want, but, but I need you to keep tabs on the Nucleus project, and that needs to succeed. That's like the little manager thing. It's like Apple coming out and saying, hey, we need a new person to run this ship, we're going to pivot, Apple, we're changing as a brand, uh... And, by the way, whoever comes in to take over it, you can do pretty much anything you want, but I need you to keep updating the iPhone. I need the iPhone to be a core part of our business. A new CEO might come in and be bristling at that, saying, like, well, <laughs> clearly that's run its but course. See, even iPhone better, needs to be done. Even better yet, if you were to acknowledge before all this that you don't really know anything right. about technology. I know, I know. All right. Like, I, I don't know anything. That's true. I don't, I don't know anything about, in fact, every question today, I don't blame him for this either. I don't expect, in fact, I don't even want every owner to know everything about the game that, uh, in which they own a team in. But when he's acknowledging, when people are asking questions like, what went wrong? What are some specific things that you can point to that you want to be better? Or what are some things that you noticed 
um, went down the toilet the last couple of years. And unless he was just holding his cards close to the vest, which in some cases that might be true, 50-50 he's chance. saying, I think, honestly, I really don't know enough about yeah. baseball to be able to tell you that. In which case, if you don't know enough about baseball to tell us specifically what went wrong with the Terry Ryan regime here, you can't then confidently stand up and say that Paul Molitor should be the manager. Okay. Uh, Are you willing to concede this point to me yet? I just talked myself. I love Paul too, but I just talked myself out of my original argument. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of a dumb precedent. Um, for the record, I do think that Paul Molitor should be the manager, but I I definitely hear what you're saying. I think I'm coming to your side. It's of weird because I agree with you that if yeah. it just organically wound up that he was the manager, yeah. I would have no problem with like that. Like this time, a lot of people are cynical about that. Well, the Twins hired their last manager from within. They you know they brought Paul Molitor into coach on the bench staff and then just promoted him. I can tell you, they they thought long and hard about that. There were other candidates that they thought, boy, we need to vet Molitor not only against other guys in this organization. Tori Lovello got like three interviews. There are, the, 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 the front office was split on Tori Lovello, and there they, was a it, real the tiebreaker chance, was Polad. There's a real chance that someone from outside the organization could have been hired. So if Molitor emerges from that sort of process, again, and still wants the job, by the way, yeah. then it absolutely should be the manager. I don't think there's anyone that would argue that. Um, but, okay, I concede you are right that uh, that it is a weird precedent to say, I'm not really sure about all this, but, and if we want to be cynical about this, but I'm not willing, I'm already, I've already fired a GM, I was already paying two managers last year, and now I'm paying Ron Gardenhire a handsome salary to be a special assistant. Yeah. I'm not willing to go down that path with Molitor, too, and pay another salary. Which, to me, is would be arbitrary and BS, but you could see business people potentially thinking like that. So you have, like, five to six minutes. You're actually on-air production meeting. I think Patrick Royce, he's calling you here to be on the radio here soon. So Live from Target Field. I just want to go before we, because we'll wrap up this podcast here, and then um, um, and then you can do your radio hit. I just want to go quick hitter through some of the things that were out there today and just kind of get, just kind of ping reactions off both of us here. Terry Ryan was told a month ago, you're not coming back in 2017. And because Dave St. Peter and Jim Polad felt so terrible about firing a respected coworker and longtime friend, they actually gave him the opportunity to craft his exit. Do you want this to be a resignation? What, What do you want this to be? And he sat on it for a few weeks, and he decided, no, just give me a cigarette and a blindfold. I want to be fired like a man. Mm-hmm. Just fire me. What do you mm-hmm. think about that? I respect him even more for making that decision. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, this whole thing should come with an air of, um, I'd almost go so far as to say, like, appreciation. I have an appreciation for Terry Ryan. Sure. Uh, an obvious move. They needed to change general managers. Um, and with all that being said, I still have a sense of gratitude of, like, the... The baseball education that I think that I've gotten the past couple of years, just talking with Terry Ryan, basically before every single home game, he was constantly available to the media, which you don't see in professional sports. So yeah. if you as a listener have this feeling that like the media is biased towards him, I try very hard to acknowledge the reasons you might think that I would be biased. And also, by the way, because I'm even thinking about my bias I'm better able to remove that rather than just pretending like, oh, it doesn't exist. It's He's just a person and I can... Treat him, you know, he's, he's just an object. I can just treat him like dirt if I want to. Um, I try to rise above that level of bias when I assess Terry Ryan, and I, th- I think anyways that I've done that fairly. Um, I will say, having said that, all that um, praise for Terry Ryan, the person, and even the general manager, uh, the most Terry Ryan thing of all time, in my opinion, to say, okay, you're going to fire me at the end of the year? <sighs> all right, well... 
Why don't you? Why don't you let? I'll, I'll think about it for a little bit, but then after he thinks about it, why don't you let Rob take over? You guys can start the search, give you a little head start, so that way you don't have to wait till the off season. Just fire me now. I don't need this to draw out any longer. Um, I'm not saying no one else would have made the similar decision, but once I learned that part of the conversation, very unsurprising to me that yeah. Ryan said instead of stringing this thing out and, and being the lame duck general manager. Why don't you just get started on your next search so you guys can find a better list of candidates? And um, and on that note, uh, both Dave St. Peter and Jim Polad, they kind of echoed the same thought, which is this is a really appealing job for a lot of reasons, and it's a team that they expect can win in 2017. I think a lot has to happen on the pitching front between now and 2017 for that to happen. Sure. I do think it's possible to get back in playoff contention if things go right with Jose Barrios. And maybe you swing a trade for another starting pitcher, but your pitching is so far away from yeah. being competitive right now. Isn't that weird that they could go from this record to potentially being competitive? Well, they won the World Series doing this one twice, actually. Went, they went uh, worst to first twice. And um, and I do think it's an appealing job. I think you've got a beautiful ballpark. You've got resources. You don't have as many financial resources as the top 8 to 10 teams in the league, but... The Polads are not. It, everyone rips on the Polads for not spending money. The rip on the Polads isn't financial. They'll spend money. It was Terry Ryan who didn't want to spend money at, at various times. Terry Ryan had permission to go spend six or seven million dollars on a reliever last year. He just didn't think any of them were worth it. So if you want to blame anyone, blame Terry Ryan for that. But I think you've got you've got a fan base here. You've got a great ballpark. Uh, you've got uh, still have a good pipeline of, of young players, yeah. mostly on the position player side. Mm-hmm. So it is if you back out of the way and let someone smart implement their own culture here. I do think it's an appealing job. I totally agree. I think especially when you consider the team control of some of their best young players, uh, you've, and the fact that you'll be given a pretty long leash given how crappy this thing's been for six years now. Five out of the last six seasons losing seasons, and the one that wasn't, they went eighty three and seventy nine. Okay, so the expectations already are basement level. Yeah. To come in with that level of expectation and know that you'll be given the latitude to sort of navigate however you want to, um, would a would a GM like your example? I'm gonna sorry to rain on Twins fans parades. Uh, I'm gonna guess that Theo Epstein's not leaving the Cubs ah, before this season ends dang. to That'd take the Twins GM. Be job. super fun though if that happens. So fun. So not even a non-zero percent chance. Not even a non-zero. You, and they, think about the power brokers you'd have in this town: Mike Zimmer running the Vikings, having some say in personnel. Bruce Boudreaux, you know, is going to have conversations uh-huh. over in St. Paul, and Tom Thibodeau, Actually, right across the street at the Target Center. I think that has to play a role, right? When Jim Pola looks around the landscape, sure. and Jim said, quote, I quoted him, I wrote this down, he said, we've hurt our brand for sure yeah. in the last few it's years. True. And he's looking at the other brands that he's competing against, the Vikings, Mike Zimmer, Excitement, New Stadium, newer stadium than the one that you built that has people it had people excited for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Wild, in the playoffs, four straight years. Hit a plateau, they jolt the fan base by bringing in Bruce Boudreaux. Timberwolves, mostly irrelevant across the street for over a decade. Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and then they take a step up. So Flip Saunders fixes the organization and Tom Thibodeau. Jim Polad has to be looking around the room at his fellow professional sports uh, comrades and, and kind of seeing the pattern in big splashes and bringing mm-hmm. in competent people from outside the organization yeah. To, uh, to shed some expertise. If you're one of the many Fortune 500 companies based in Minnesota and you have the option to spend X amount of dollars on a, you know, three seasons worth of suites in Target Field 
or the same in U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, that I, I would argue I'd always pick baseball because I like baseball the most. But uh, that scale, I'm willing to bet, is m- tipped much, much more heavily than anyone would have expected toward U.S. Bank Stadium now. Uh, it's a tough sell, I'm sure, for the Twins to come in and say, hey, spend money. I know it's not going well, and I know we're not doing anything about yeah. it, but spend money. Now they're kind of coming around, I think, anyways, to, okay, it's not going well, so we're going to do something about it. They said themselves, not an easy decision, not an obvious decision for them, but when you weigh all of the factors, not only on the field, but I would guess financially, too, uh, becomes a little bit easier calculus to compute. So if you had to place a bet, red or black, they hire inside the organization or they hire outside the organization, what would you bet on? Black. Being outside. Oh. (laughs) For whatever reason, when you said inside, outside, red, black, I associated those two in my head. No, but let's spin the roulette wheel and let it ride. I guess it could have been a racial association, too, but we're not going to go down that path. So you're saying outside the organization. I would uh, actually... Does Randy Bush count as outside the organization? (laughs) Yeah, Technically, he's been with the Cubs for a long time, but he'd be... Randy Bush would be the classic outside the organization twin (laughs) tire, right? Right. He's he's been with the Cubs. Yeah, but he's one of us. I'll go so far as to say I would be surprised if on December 1st, uh, Rob Anthony is the Twins GM. I would be too. Um, in fact, you know, Terry Ryan gave his, his blessing and gave his, his vote of confidence in Rob Anthony as the next GM. Well, the last time he did that was Bill Smith. So all due respect to Terry in that regard. Um, I don't think his recommendation uh, carries a lot of water, and I'm with you. If I'm betting on inside or outside the organization, I think they go outside the organization for this one. And then I think that person probably makes a lot of uncomfortable firings yeah, in an organization that hasn't had many uncomfortable firings throughout the last thirty years. Maybe. Speaking uh, of uncomfortable firings, you got to go on with Royce here, or he might say, "Do you uncomfortably uh, fire you?" We'll when ask get back this, to the studio. We'll ask this and then bolt. Uh, you want the job, Phil? Uh, you know, Terry did say once, famously on a conference call, that Mackey sometimes writes and talks like he wants a job in the organization. I'm here to say I will not be applying for the yeah. Twins general manager job. I haven't updated my resume, and I don't plan to. Stay tuned for 60-second AP News headlines.